0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Borellis. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone.
1: This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
2: Welcome to E Ticket to Broadway where Broadway meets Main Street. (laughs) Here's your host, my pal, David Alpert.
1: (laughs) Thank you for tuning into this episode of E-Ticket to Broadway, where your favorite Broadway stars fangirl for their favorite Disney animated horses. Speaking of fans, if you're enjoying the podcast, you can bring the magic home. Visit the official E-Ticket to Broadway shop on our website, www.eticketpodcast.com, and get your merch today. Many thanks to the wonderful Patreon supporters who are supporting yours truly and Gilana's Fund, an organization created in 2007, shortly after my oldest sister Gilana passed away. And this fund honors her legacy by helping organizations across the country whose missions align with the fund's core values inclusion, justice, and acceptance. In addition to knowing your change in the world, you can enjoy a whole bunch of perks like an interview on this very podcast. Just take it from Michael P., a new e-ticket member from Illinois. Michael, thank you for supporting e-ticket to Broadway and Gilanis Fund and becoming an e-ticket member, which is very fancy. You are a college buddy and it's so kind of you to support me. So let's get right to it. Let's discuss the most important matter, your love of Kronk's spinach puffs. Discuss.
2: Oh, come on. That part, that whole dinner sequence is so great. And then that awkward silence afterwards where she's like, yo, he's new. It's so good. So good. I think
1: that the Yzma Kronk relationship is one of the best Disney relationships in the entire catalog.
2: It's full on relationship goals. honestly. Yes, that's right.
1: Do you identify more as a Kronk or as a Yzma? Oh, good question. Or I as a think spinach I'm, puff.
2: Well, I am full of carbohydrates and just, a, <laughs> yeah. just enough vegetable to make it seem healthy. Um,
1: you're like a meal at the Disney parks.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> so much sodium. Um, but I would say I'm like an easma with a cronk rising. Is that okay. something?
1: Sure. <laughs> you know, I think Emperor's New Groove is not quite talked about enough, but I think it's a very fun movie.
2: Yes. I think it was like such a departure, um, you know, cause originally it was like conceived to be like, um, like a musical very much so in the style of like a Lion King. So if you find some of that old music that got cut, it has that kind of feel to it. Um, but it's so dry and, and the cast is like incredible, but that writing is so biting and it's so great. I mean, it was really, um, I don't know, it was a, a revolutionary film for me in high school.
1: If the Disney parks were to create an emperor's new Groove of attraction, what do you think it would be like?
2: Okay, it would be when Isma goes into her like laboratory. It it happens in the movie. You know, like, don't pull the lever, wrong lever. You're like, that's what it would be. You know, it'd be like definitely a dark ride, which I learned listening to this podcast what a dark <laughs> ride is. So it would definitely be a dark ride, a track ride, not a boat ride. Learn the difference. Learned the difference. Um you're teaching. That's what's so great about this podcast. It's it's a teachable <laughs> moment. Um, but it would be de- like roller coaster. Remember um, Rock and roller coaster. It needs to yeah. be like that. It needs to be like that. Like Black Light, Aerosmith. You know what I'm saying?
1: I think that'd be a very fun ride, and it should definitely happen. So you shared with me, Michael, that you've only actually been to a Disney park once. It was Walt Disney World on a high school band trip. The glamour. That's
2: right. High school. Listen, first chair of percussion all four years. Proud of it.
1: That's right. Do you remember um, your favorite attraction when you went?
2: Okay, so I did Figment twice. I remember that. So I don't have the most memories. I also, I don't know if experiencing a, anything really, but specifically at Disney Park is a great thing to do with a high school band um because there's like you got to check in at you know big thunder mountain at this time so you're rushing 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 and i also went with a group of people that had done the parks already and so they're like "Ah, oh, i don't need to see this oh let's do this, do this like i didn't see the magic kingdom fireworks because they convinced me to skip it but i will say that is how we got on uh space mountain with no weight and that was pretty
1: amazing that was pretty great well we have to get you back to see those fireworks
2: yeah. I, I mean, I missed Tinkerbell flying. Well, now it's Dumbo, right? Or no, that's in California. Again, I think I'm learning it de- from the podcast.
1: I know it depends on the night. We might fly over the skies, whether it's Dumbo or sometimes during Pixar Fest, it was Nemo. Sometimes it's Tinkerbell.
2: Did you hear me gasp when you said it? sometimes it's Nemo? It was Nemo. It was very exciting. I, did you cry when you saw Finding Nemo? Did you realize that when he told his dad, like, I hate you, you're like, that's me. Like, I cried. I was like, I'm a little fish on screen right now.
1: We had a different experience, but I see you and support you. (laughs) You also shared with me, and I know this from being your friend for uh, about 20 years, your sometimes theatrical antics of what you do at the parks to (laughs) to make people smile, hopefully.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm all about making memories, uh, specifically for people who won't see me again. So what... What I did when I was at the parks was anytime something ended, like one of those like street attractions, I would fake fall in the middle of that, like in the middle of like the furry space. So I had happened a couple of times specifically at Epcot. Um, we found the ball and we were by a fountain or something and it was like shooting and like the music was like, like it was really going for it. And so I was, I was like, now's my shot. So I ran and, uh, face planted on purpose. And later in the day, I was with a friend of mine outside of America town or whatever they call that in um, Epcot. And there was like, I want to say it was either, I think it was a band. I don't know, I remember it was a band or maybe it was a group of singers or something. So they finished and everyone's like, that was so wonderful. And I go, get the camera ready. And I went into the open space and I went, hey, ma'am, which I love doing when I'm in public, go, hey, ma'am, and see how many people turn around. So I go, ma'am, and I go what? And I just fall flat, like in this, in the middle of like this, you know, circle of people. And some guy going, oh! And somewhere that that's there's a picture of me on the ground at Epcot.
1: Yeah. Speaking of you know the parks, if you had to get a job at the parks, what job do you think you would want?
2: I think I mean, I would like to be the person that like operates. Um, the Tiki Room, because I remember seeing the Tiki Room twice, because I, as a kid, I loved listening to the park music, um, because we never went as a family, I, li- you know, like, we just couldn't afford to go, but the library had the park music that I would check out, and I loved, like, all that music, all the Sherman Brothers music, and the Tiki Room, I was so excited to go see, and I remember seeing that, now it's coming back to me, David, you're bringing it, you're just like, you're my slim Dion, it's all coming back to me now, Um, And I remember seeing the Tiki Room twice. And at that time, Iago and like another bird, was there another villain bird that took it that were in it too? Iago was absolutely. Yeah. Um, But I remember being like, A, it's so small. Like being in that being in that show. I'm like, it's so small, so tight. And it's completely immersive. And yeah, it's it was amazing. So I would like to be the person that hits that go button.
1: Well, it's not even hitting the go button. I mean, that cast member actually goes to one of the birds and kind of gets to wake that bird up.
2: That's true, that you're right, you're right. So like, and I'm sure they feed the birds full circle and I'm sure they clean up after the birds too.
1: They do. You could use your BFA in musical theater <laughs> and work it as a cast member, it'd be, it'd be really great. Exactly. Do you have any other memories from when you went to the park?
2: Yes, so it, I remember it rained a ton. It really, really rained. And my friends were like, Michael, buy a poncho, like buy a poncho. And I was like, no, because I don't want to spend the money on a poncho. And B, the minute I put that poncho on, it's going to stop raining. So all my friends had ponchos but me. And I had a book bag. And my friend of mine was like, my friend Kristen was like, I'll wear your book bag. I'm like, great. And so she's in a poncho with a giant book bag underneath. And we walked past a tour group and or something someone that had a cast member leading it and they're like oh look everyone it's quasimodo just you know trying to have fun and she was like sanctuary like walking and like it was just so f- stupid and funny and like and then yes and moment the, it's such a yes and moment right and this the fact that that cast member saw that and made a little moment and that's forever in my brain is so awesome and says something so much about the people that work there
1: that's right they always say you know the cast members make the magic and it's true. I mean, the rides and the parades and the shows are all great, but it's those character interactions. It's the cast member interactions. It's that's kind of the magic of Disney. That's difficult to describe, but I think you saw that.
2: Yeah. And then, like, seeing where they were from on their name tags was something really special. And that's such a little detail, such a little detail that makes an impact.
1: Yeah, it kind of teaches you that it's a small world.
2: After tall. Oops, let me take that again. After all.
1: Mike, I love that you talked about the music of the parks. I remember as a kid hearing that It's a Small World, not the ride, but like the music that's outside when the clock turns on. And I was obsessed with that. My sisters and I did parades. So I love that you loved the music of it. Of course, you continue music in your life. You've got Michael's Music Machine. You understand how music can make an impact. Did you have a favorite Disney song as a kid? Ooh, or one question. you sang to a lot?
2: Yeah, I mean, I had a lot a lot of those albums things that are oh my gosh are just like sparking in my brain one thing I remember is that Aladdin cassette um I really played on a loop um we also had a cd of the little mermaid the tv show put out a soundtrack and there's like this song called in harmony hey harmony I can't remember this there's you there's me Together we can live in harmony. I haven't thought about that since I was probably seven. Um, And the fact that I could pull out those lyrics, I think is a testament to that song. Um, But what I love about that Disney music is, is the same reason why I like doing music for kids. It truly teaches empathy on an emotional level because you're so wrapped up into what that orchestration sounds like, how that melody line goes. I mean, come on. How I I still like will go to a park and if there's an open grass, I'll run into the middle and go, I want adventure in the great wide somewhere because it's 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 visual. It's emotional. It's it's that swelling of the strings. It's I don't know. It's magical.
1: Yeah. So, Michael, this is wonderful, but we're about to play everyone's favorite. This is Tweedledee or Tweedledum. I'm going to give you two options. Let me know which one you prefer. Are you ready? Let's do it. Michael, Tweedledee or Tweedledum, a Mickey Mouse ice cream bar or a Mickey Mouse ice cream sandwich?
2: Okay, this is tough because I haven't had either. Um, So I'm going to have to go with what is easier to walk because I don't like to sit and eat. I want to go with go, go, go. I'm going to go with the bar. It's got a stick, right? It does. Great. So I can hold on to that. I can be like, cool, thank you, and like chow it down and be like, great, Peter Pan ride because that line is long.
1: That's right. Speaking from experience, you also can walk with the ice cream sandwich. I've done it. It's pretty extreme. Okay, it's not for, the it's sa- not for beginners. I'll do the
2: sandwich, David. Okay. So <laughs> what you want me to say?
1: Yes. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, The Rescuers Down Under or The Lion King?
2: Oh, you know what? Sorry, but Rescuers Down Under, the nostalgia.
1: Yeah. Did you also watch that for your second grade birthday party? <laughs> or was that just me?
2: <laughs> you really made me think and I was like, no.
1: No, that was the thing. I had a few friends come over. We had Little Caesars Pizza and watched The Rescuers Down Under. That was very cool. <laughs> Tweedledee or Tweedledum? Yzma or Gaston? Yzma. Okay.
2: Earth the Kit all day, every day.
1: Tweedledee or Tweedledum? The parades down Main Street or fireworks over the castle?
2: Again, missed both. I'm going to do fireworks.
1: Good answer. I like them both very much. Fireworks are great. And final Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Children Will Listen or the title song from Beauty and the Beast?
2: Oh, jeez. This is tough because I told you that specifically the movie version of the Beauty and the Beast with Angela Lansbury, that intro, which is just quarter notes, Ding ding gets me every time. But children will listen is one of the most beautiful Sondheim tunes as far as I'm concerned ever written. Yikes, yikes. Could I do a mashup? Could it be like Children and the Beast? No. That's not a that's okay, great, cool. Um I sorry, but I'm gonna go with Beauty and the Beast.
1: I think that's okay. And you know what? I don't wanna make you choose. You can have them both. Thank you. Michael, thank you for playing Tweedledee or Tweedledum. That was thrilling and exciting. I'm sweating. What do the Disney parks mean to you?
2: The Disney parks, I think, as a creator... as someone, Yeah, as someone who likes to create, the Disney parks are an example of big ideas only. So, like, I've only been to one park once, but because of your podcast and because of, like, deep immersion into the Imagineering documentary. The one thing I took away, well, not the one thing, but the big thing I took away was that it's like, come in with the big idea. Let that big idea fail. Take that failure and then build upon it. And now I'm just like, I got to get to these parks. I got to see them all. Like I got to get to Shanghai specifically. I'm, I'm over the moon about that. I got to get to Disney sea I got to get to Disneyland. Like, I want to be on that main street that on opening day, people's heels were sinking into. That's right. And Now it's like the number one destination to go to. Um, So when I start to think that maybe this thing I did didn't work out. Let's just not do it. I'm like, well, no, build on that. Cause that's how Disney was made. (laughs) You know, like it all sparked from a tiny idea And now we're talking over the internet about it.
1: And you have listeners listening about it. It was all started by a mouse.
2: A mouse. A mouse did that.
1: Yeah. But I I do, I love, I mean, and you find that ingrained in the Disney movies. This idea of pursuing your dreams. And and a dream is what your heart makes. And all this wonderful imagery about following your dreams. And I think that's part of the Disney brand, which I love so much.
2: Absolutely. And what's great about the Disney brand is that... At some point, there's a shift where you lose that childhood um, imagination or you, you, you lose that optimism. But the minute you sit down to put on a Disney film or, for me, putting in a Disney album, that optimism comes back. So it's there inside you the entire time.
1: I love that. Michael, thank you again for your support of both E-Ticket to Broadway and Gil Fund. It truly means a lot. So thank you so much.
2: You're absolutely welcome, David. You are a friend and a confidant. And if they threw a party and invited everyone I knew, I would see the biggest gift would come from you.
1: That's very kind. Uh, do you want to say it or do you want me to? Why don't you say it?
2: Oh, oh, oh. I- am I saying senior at the parks?
1: You can say it if you'd like.
2: I would love to. Are you ready? Yes. See
1: you at the... To join the E-Ticket to Broadway Patreon, please visit our website. I'm thrilled to be joined on this episode by a friend who I met shortly after I moved to New York. She's been seen on Broadway in Cats, 42nd Street, Dracula, Tarzan, Kinky Boots, and Hedwig and the Angry Inch, for which she won a Tony Award. You can also see her on the television series Snowpiercer. Please welcome to E-Ticket to Broadway, the one and only, Lena Hall. What a delight it is to have you on E-Ticket to Broadway, my dear friend Lena Hall. Thank you so much for joining me. Are you ready to chat all things Disney?
0: I I mean, yes. It's it's Let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. So,
1: Lena, you're from California. Did you go to Disneyland as a kid?
0: Um, we did. I think I are you we went to Mexico more? <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Not at Disneyland, Mexico yet. But
0: um but yeah, we we did we went to uh we went to Disneyland um in Anaheim, California. Yeah, that's right. Um ages. I, I cannot remember my trip other than little bits and pieces of it like like going through um Oh my gosh! What's the the Tomorrowland? Like Main Street, Tomorrowland. You know, yep. Isn't it Tomorrowland? Like, and then the Epcot, where the not Epcot, sorry, where the where the experience of like what was the Michael Jackson thing? Yeah, Captain
1: EO. Captain totally.
0: EO. I yeah, I remember going into Captain EO. I remember being in like a little car going down train tracks, and things were getting really big, you know, like oversized. I remember that. And like shrinking or whatever, I remember that. Okay, and there was a ride
1: like that. There yep. was a
0: really, like and then I also remember um, it's a small world. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and with yeah, so kind of like I remember little bits and pieces of it from when I was just a kid when my family went, and I think my family went because I have relatives in Bakersfield, <laughs> um, which is not all that close, but it is closer than San Francisco.
1: For sure. Yeah. Anytime anyone says they're from LA, I'm like, how close are you to Disneyland? That's my question.
0: (laughs) It depends on the traffic, right?
1: That's right. That's exactly their answer. Did you, as a kid, even though you might have not gone to the parks that often, do you remember any sort of Disney movies that you used to watch?
0: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, uh, uh, Little Mermaid, that was one of my favorites. I loved singing along. I would always sing along. And, um, the big one though, that like came out right in, I guess it was like prime kid moment of wanting to be the star and and perform for me was beauty and the beast. And, um, I just, I, I watched that, but we, we didn't own it. We like, my parents never bought videotapes for me because we're talking about VHS, they never, they never bought it for me. We'd always like rent it from the, the video store down on, on the corner. And it wasn't a Blockbuster. It was something else. and um, And so, you know, like I wouldn't get to watch it all that often. But when I did, it, it was very exciting for me. And they also got me like the tape. <laughs> to listen to, and yeah, yeah, and I would to, you know to the audio tape, and I would listen to that ad nauseum and sing and sing and stuff like that. That one, and then we we watched Snow White, and I wanted to be Snow White so bad, um, and I'd sing like her, like all high, um, and and uh, and I had super super pale skin, and so people would call me Snow White. But I didn't have black hair. So at the time, I, I like I'm a natural blonde and I had like white blonde hair when I was a kid and I dye it dark now. Um, yeah, people would say – because I was so pale. I never went out in the sun. I Speaking of Mexico, I mean my family, we would go to Mexico <laughs> and I would get so sunburnt down there. It was traumatizing. I got so sunburnt once that my eye – I couldn't open my eyes because they hurt so bad. It was stung. And uh, like my eyelids were burnt. And so um, I was traumatized a lot by the sun as a kid, as a little kid. So I literally just like stay out of the sun. And I think yeah. you what?
1: Uh, I said. I think that's how we bonded originally, because <laughs> as a very pale ginger, you and I, I think when we met, we were like, we're just going to stay inside in this dark, shadowy corner.
0: Yeah. Well, everybody goes outside and enjoys <laughs> the sunshine. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's us. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean.
1: Lena, I have seen so many photos and videos of you as a kid. You were a very theatrical young lady. Mm -hmm. Did you like to dance around to these songs? Did you sing? I mean, this feels like kind of your introduction to musical theater in a way.
0: No, my first introduction to musical theater was Les Mis because my mom took me to go see it and then she made me audition for it. And I never auditioned for anything in my life as far as singing was concerned and I was so scared that I got up there and all the little girls were singing cuz my mom said I looked like Cosette like I looked like the poster child and I did just dirty very
1: pale very pale, yeah, dirty and, pale. and dirty
0: and that was me I mean I was yeah. kind of a tomboy so my hair was always like super scraggly you know whatever and uh, so my mom was like oh you look just like her and and I practiced a song that was not appropriate um so I got there and all the little girls were singing and I, I know this is a dizzy story I'm totally going off but um all the the little girls were singing um castle on a cloud because that's the song from the show and they kept doing that and i was like oh no (laughs) what are my parents (laughs) making me do and then i got up to start i'm called little buttercup and um and i forgot it like i forgot the word i freaked out like i totally like almost peed my little pants and and that was like it was a super traumatizing moment for me let's move on (laughs) <laughs> you know and then my mom took me to go see um cats around the same time and then i became totally enamored with cats and i i listened to cats the london record that my my mom got the record from the um library she rent she you know she she took the record out for me to listen to, and I listened to that thing ad nauseum. But it was a different version than the Broadway version. The Broadway version is different um, than the London version, and I don't think people really realize that. Not that they care, but they- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. some, some will, yeah. But it, but I got a lot of my, I got a lot of my like singing chops from singing along to like the Disney musical stuff, like, um. Like, Kiss the Girl was, like, one of my favorite songs that was in Little Mermaid. It's so weird. And, you know, um, and the, it, yeah, and Beauty and the Beast. Oh, oh, Aladdin. Aladdin was, like, Aladdin. such a big deal. I remember that. Aladdin was such a big deal. And The Lion King. Man, it was a good time for, for Disney uh, movies. <laughs>
1: You know, I love that you love ballet so much. Do you remember and, and again, this was one of the most terrifying movies I saw as a kid, but Fantasia
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. had a wonderful
1: ballet sequence with the hippos with the and the ostriches.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's that's my early memories of watching ballet in film. <laughs> Imagine my surprise when I didn't see hippos dancing and realized <laughs>
0: Well, my – yeah, I loved Fantasia. It wasn't actually – Fantasia never scared me. Fantasia was actually so wonderful and magical.
1: Not even Night on Bell Mountain with Chernabog, that scary bat monster?
0: No. Mm Mm-mm. It didn't – it was very – it was very fantastical. Of course, I have a sister who's five years older than me and she was watching like – Hellraiser and like Nightmare on Elm Street and like, you know, so that was what was scary. That was really scary. And, um, and so, you know, that, that didn't scare me as much, of course. But then you look at like something like, you know, the dark crystal and that was scary. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but Fantasia wasn't scary because it was so fun and there was so much about it. It was really all about the music You know, the classical music, what they did with the music, it was just, like, gorgeous. So I appreciated that. I appreciated that as a kid because I appreciated the classical music because that's – as a ballerina, that's what I grew up. Like, my dad would listen to classical all the time. He'd listen to rock and roll too, but, like, classical was always being played. So I knew all the music already. So to see it kind of, you know, come to life with animation was really, really cool.
1: Did you ever go to Walt Disney World?
0: I did, yeah. <laughs> and wait, right. what's win. the what's the adult one? Treasure Island? Pleasure Island? Perhaps. Pleasure Island. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I was on tour so the first time I went to um Disney World, I was on tour with Cats and I was like I was like well, I think I was, I was like 18 years old, and um, I was 18 years old, and uh, I remember going. I remember going to Disney World and absolutely freaking out because I loved it so much. It was so big and extravagant, and there was so much to do and so many things to see. And I didn't even get to see it all um, because I was there on tour, so we were busy. We didn't have much time off there, uh, but it was. But I was, and we weren't staying close to the park. I mean, like Florida is like a giant strip mall. I mean, it's huge. It's way far away from everything. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to say. And I didn't have my driver's license. So I was at the mercy of my other cast members. Um, So whoever was going to go, I was going to go with them. I do remember um, Splash Mountain there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always like the water rides. Okay. Okay. And then, at, well, then, then later, like when I was twenty, I was, I we went through there again with Annie Get Your Gun. I was on tour with Annie Get Your Gun. We went through there again, and this time I had a fake ID, so I went to Pleasure Island to drink, and um, they check your ID there like so much that eventually I was caught and kicked out. <laughs> Oh no! And they took my ID.
1: You are the first guest on this podcast who've been kicked out of a Disney park.
0: I'm I was kicked out. Yeah. You. Oh, thank you. I was oh, kicked out is. of a Disney park, and not only that, they took my fake ID a month before my twenty first birthday that I celebrated oh. in Salt Lake City of all places, where oh, no, where you have to have like a sponsor in order to go drink somewhere. <laughs>
1: Lena, you shared that you loved a lot of those Disney movies from the early 90s and singing along. Is there a favorite Disney character that you have? Mm
0: -hmm. I'd probably have to say they're not a nice character. I always liked the weird or the bad characters, like Ursula. She's fucking awesome. Um, What a badass. And, uh, And I really loved See, it's all it's all um Sebastian. Love Sebastian. Um this is really like Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Yeah, I was obsessed with Little Mermaid. Um I would sing that. Ah, ah, ah. And then remember when her alter ego well, it was Ursula. It was Ursula playing Vanessa, yeah. I remember yeah. that it was so good. I'm
1: going to tell you, I had, I was so fortunate that Jody Benson joined this podcast, <sighs> and as she spoke and sang, you know, here I am trying to keep it together, but I was like, "You're, you're the voice of Ariel."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't I'm, it wild? I'm just like the movie. When you hear someone like that, and but you don't, but but when you're just you just have audio, you're like, "Oh my god!" The same thing happened with me with, the, like, I did this. I played a character on My Little Pony and I was such a huge fan of My Little Pony, French of his magic. And and then I find, and I got I got to do an episode and I had been watching these characters for years and like obsessing over them. And then I was doing scenes with them. And that was crazy. Cause I was like, Holy, oh my God. It's, you know. Anyway. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I totally understand. Um Let's see other characters that I love. I love um uh, Timon and Pumbaa. Yes. Totally love one. Timon. I'm not see I never choose the princesses cuz I was never I was never really a princess kind of girl. I was always kind of like un unbe- like unfortunately for my mom, I was never one who really wanted to be a princess. Like I always wanted to be one of the ones that I felt were more interesting. I just i like the you know the it, it I, a girl needing help from a guy it's just like like whatever um you know what i mean or like yeah. i don't know i fi- i find the other characters far more interesting cuz they're much more complex and you know like um beauty and the beast um like cogsworth and Lumiere. and i loved what's her name the feather duster babette oh i love babette you know i love i loved the china like they were just like great <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> and love, I don't
1: think i've ever heard hearing you say cogsworth just made my day oh did <laughs> china hall
0: of yeah. And, or, or, you know, or like, or like Gaston. Like, come on. Like, Gaston is like, I would sing along to Gaston, like pretend I was Gaston. And like, I just think he's like so flawed, but he's just so, he's so sure of his flaws. And it's like those flawed characters and those kind of like e- seen as evil characters, like they, if you got a backstory that's what I love so much about something like wicked is you get the backstory of the character that is you're supposed to is supposed to be evil and flaw and like flawed but really um you know the world isn't so black and white and it's like these characters that perhaps are so bad in and you know at, at first glance you you look deeper into their psyche and a lot of them are much more complex than that and um and have been through some shit. So you're just seeing like the other side of that. Love Cruella Deville. I think like yeah. I would love to know like Cruella's real backstory. How did she get there? How do you get to that point? Because you don't start there unless no. unless I mean, unless you're like a psychopath. Um, then you do and what do you
1: think about a Broadway musical like Wicked that's called Cruella and you get to star as it and oh. it's all like a rock show?
0: Come on, yeah. yeah let's do it. <laughs> Let's do that. I love that. Um, let's see. Wait. There's some other characters that I absolutely – oh, the horse in Tangled. Oh. By the way, Tangled is like one of my favorites. I like do it – more. no offense to Idina. I love Idina Menzel like with, with my whole heart. She's such a sweetheart. Um, no offense to Idina, but I liked it more than Frozen. And – um and mainly, it was because of the horse entangled, and I don't remember what the horse's name was, but he always cracks me up because, again, it's like this horse has emotions. It, Tangled is Disney, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, Mandy Moore, who I really love, Mandy Moore. I think she's just, I think, I think she's just such a she. She's just got a great head on her shoulders, and she doesn't give in to like, I don't know. The gross, like she doesn't give in to like the gross things. She she just she stands for beautiful things and she does beautiful work and she's a great actress and a great singer and like I l- I always love her voice and um she's a very simple voice like um simple is in it's like clean and and pretty and it's pure
1: it's very pure
0: yeah. pure yeah yeah there's not a whole lot of grit and dirt there which is very opposite of me um but <laughs> you know it I like I like really respect her work and 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 so and I wasn't expecting to like. Tangled. But that horse, I mean, I was dying. The horse did it for I was dying. The white horse. Yeah. Um, Maximus. Maximus. The horse's name is Maximus. Dude, Maximus. Maximus for the win. I would love to have a backstory on Maximus. Like Maximus is like like Maximus is like a character that it's first of all it's a horse, and you wouldn't think that a horse would be defiant, but this horse is very defiant, and like you know he's very opinionated. It's <laughs> my
1: favorite conversation, ama- I've ever but had it's with amazing,
0: me. like to watch a horse be opinionated, and you know it's like great. Oh my gosh! And now I'm thinking of other ones like, like, Sam visualized was knobs and broomsticks a. Disney one? It was Disney. It was Dude, Disney, yeah. Bedknobs and broomsticks was awesome. Um where they are laughing and they're floating. That's bedknobs and broomsticks, where they're laughing. Do you know about that?
1: Well, there's also in Mary Poppins, there's also that scene where they love to laugh and they fly to the ceiling. No, well.
0: no, then that's in Mary Poppins. What's the one in bed knobs and broomsticks where they I know they go off to the lands um on the bed and they like they like turn yeah. the knobs. It's Angela Lansbury, who I freaking adore.
1: How do I? Oh,
0: and then oh, and Mary Poppins. I love the penguins and Mary Poppins.
1: Oh, I love them too.
0: I have a very bizarre sense of like
1: what I like. No. And again, like what I always, I'm always curious when people talk about their favorite Disney characters, it's who you maybe relate to or who you just <laughs> love. Like my favorite character, everyone listening knows this, I'm sure, is Dopey, the dwarf. And again, like, only because he's completely opposite of me. He's so carefree and silly. I mean, I'm silly, but he's maybe not the, the brightest star in the sky. <laughs> and He just follows directions without really thinking. It's like, I love him for right, it. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you love those kind of fla- simple – he's a simplistic character, but he's written that way. I mean, that's what's so cool about it. Oh, and I watched Moana, and I was like really surprised. I was like, wow, that was awesome. Oh, wait, was Wally Disney? Yeah. Okay. So Wally is my all time favorite Disney movie. I know I said that about Tangled, but that's, that's a lie. Wally is my all time favorite movie. And Wally is my all time favorite character. I totally forgot. That there it is. movie is so moving. Oh my God. It's like. It's a tale. It's definitely a precautionary tale. And um, I yeah. can't believe how much, you know, like I loved. Oh, I have got a great story for you. I, I just can't believe how much I fell in love with a character that's a robot. And that doesn't have outward emotions, you know, like, but does. Like, but has the emotions. And then, like, um, it is, it is I, I would cry at the end of Wally, e and, and it takes a lot for me to cry because I'm a cold hearted. <laughs> I'm kidding. But that is not true. I'm, but it takes a lot for me to cry. Like it takes a lot for a movie to really get to me to get to get me to that point where I'm emotional. And like Wally does it every time. And so my my now husband was boyfriend. Um he Jonathan. He had never seen it before. And we went to Woodstock and stayed in this little cabin. Um For like a weekend, and this is towards you know, I think it was towards the beginning, you know, of the real relationship that was happening. And I was like, "Hey, we got to watch Wally." So we watched Wally in this cabin in Woodstock, and like it moved him so much that he looked at me and he was like, "I am in love with you." (laughs) Oh my god! First time he told me he was in love with me. (laughs) That's beautiful. (laughs) Was after we watched Wally.
1: Now every first date I go on, I'm like, let's
0: watch wall Yeah, exactly. I was, let's like, see what yeah. I was like, shit, I should <laughs> – it's been like a year that we've known each other. I should have suggested this <laughs> earlier. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just so moving. WALL-E and then – oh, Up. Is Up one?
1: Yep. Yep. You're into the Pixar world, which is Disney. Yeah.
0: I mean like – Up was beautiful and I love the dogs. The dogs in that are f- hilarious with the talky things I mean yeah, I yeah, uh, yeah the little kid who wants to like get his badge he's just like yeah. unrelenting like he's he, he he's so obsessed with this that he will do anything to get these badges and I have a huge fascina- fascination with characters that are like that that are just like get so obsessed with one so tunnel vision into one goal that they they. That everything else they just can't even see. You know, it's not even, it's not even like on their radar. They just want to make it happen. So, but that, yeah, that that movie was really. I love that.
1: I love that you love so many Disney characters, and and again, like I've known you for like thirteen years, and this is you know I I love that you're. We've never really talked about this. How much (laughs) you love all these Disney characters. It's so pure and lovely.
0: Well, you know. you.
1: know, right after I graduated college, I took a trip to New York City and I saw a lot of Broadway shows, including Tarzan, and I got to see Josh Strickland, who's a friend of the podcast. He was wonderful, and I've shared this with you, but after I met you, I went back to my playbills and I saw that insert that when I saw Tarzan, I saw you play Jane. And it is my favorite kind of not meet cute story, but I just love that before I met you, I saw you star in a Broadway show about Disney. Do you have any fun- behind-the-scenes stories from your time in Tarzan?
0: Look, I mean, Tarzan was tough.
1: (laughs) Oh no, no fun stories.
0: No, I mean, you know, like Tarzan was interesting, Tarzan was a tough time for me because Tarzan was right when I, like right before I quit the business to kind of focus on, to try and figure out what I really wanted from Broadway and what I wanted from my career. Because at the time I had just been going from show to show, which is amazing. But I was also, I had no focus. So I wasn't like doing things that I really, really, really wanted to do. I wasn't going after things that I really wanted. And I didn't really know what I wanted. That was the thing. I was just kind of going with the flow. And, you know, I was like, what? All right, what do I really want in this? Because I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to run around in a really, really heavy costume and be in pain and, you know, be in the ensemble and I don't want to cover anymore. Um, I had fun playing Jane, but I'm, I'm a bit of a, again, like I'm not sweet enough on the exterior. So I have a much more harder edge. And so it was always, my notes were always like, (laughs) they would come to me, they'd be like, all right. So, I mean, you got it. She's a bit of a (laughs) <laughs> I'm like oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> but in my head i'm like but jane is like a tomboy she grew up with just her dad like she's in the jungle it's the victorian era she's yeah. in the jungle she's getting dirty but she's curious she wants to see everything she would not be a sweet princess she would be tough yeah. that was man. For what it's worth
1: i remember loving
0: the world, <laughs> thank, so. well thank
1: you did you enjoy – I mean, I know you love singing rock and you're so great at it. This is a Phil Collins score. Did, were there any songs that you liked singing?
0: I didn't get to sing the done. song.
1: <laughs> what, what was your favorite song from Tarzan?
0: I want to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best one. It's so good. And it was so good in the show. I loved that song. I didn't really like enjoy singing any of the Jane stuff. I really loved – I loved all of Tarzan's stuff. Like, I loved all the stuff Josh Strickland got to do. I wanted to be Josh Strickland, basically. Like, like, I was like, I want to play Tarzan. (laughs) Um, But, you know, uh, it was a moment in time and it didn't change a lot of things in my life. It was a big momentum changer. Like, it refocused. It focused me in my life and I also got my tonsils removed and that completely changed my voice um hundred percent. It took a long time for it to change because it took me a while to figure it out like how to sing again, but um how to how to sing new, how to how to use my voice again. But um but it was it was a big it was a big deal and um yeah it was wild working for the mouse.
1: Be right back. Oh, what's the big idea with these commercials? Show with this commercial.
2: It's time for Fast Pass (laughs) Answers.
1: Lena, this is Fast Pass Answers. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock after I ask you the first question. This is full of love and Disney magic and Broadway magic. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm so scared. Okay, ready? Lena Hall, who is your favorite Disney villain?
0: Uh, (laughs) uh, I guess Ursula.
1: Name one of the cats from Cats. Demeter. True or false, you have a Tony Award.
0: Yes, true.
1: Name any character from The Little Mermaid.
0: What? I just did. Um, uh, but Ariel.
1: Name any song from Hedwig. Original Love. Name a character from Wally.
0: Wally? Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was exciting. I know, I really try and throw people off, but you did very well. Thank you. What did you say, Demeter?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that was what I played. <laughs>
1: Okay, good, good, My favorite was name a character from Molly. Wally? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> e, yeah, Wally, Eve. Yep.
0: Eva.
1: <laughs> That's good. Um, one of the questions I didn't get to was what is your favorite Broadway musical? Do you have Hedwig.
0: one? Hedwig. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I saw it. You were very
0: good in it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Lena, you of course won the Tony Award for your incredible performance as Yitzhak and Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I'm going to tell you a fact about someone, and you need to guess which former Hedwig I'm referring to in this game, The Origin of Love for Disney. I could not find any John Cameron Mitchell Disney overlap, so he's not one of the answers. Okay. So here comes The Origin of Love for Disney. This Hedwig worked at Tokyo Disneyland for almost a year.
0: Andrew Reynolds.
1: It is not. It is Tay Diggs.
0: I didn't do it with Tay. Well, <laughs> okay, I get sorry, you. Sorry. It's anyone who played Hedwig on Broadway. Okay. I got you.
1: Okay. The original love for Disney. <laughs> John Stamos took this guy to Disneyland as a wedding present.
0: John Stamos put this guy to Disneyland for a wedding present? Um. Oh, Neil Patrick Harris?
1: It's Darren Criss.
0: I was going to say that, but Darren just got married and I didn't see that.
1: Yeah. This Hedwig gave voice to a flying unicorn in a Disney Junior animated series. Tell me that's Neil. That's Andrew. <laughs> I'm really doing bad at this. This is not good. Okay, good. Okay. okay. This Hedwig spent one hundred and seventy-two thousand five hundred dollars on an original Haunted Mansion stretching room portrait.
0: I'm going to say that's Michael C. Hall. Is that Neil Patrick Harris?
1: That's Neil Patrick Harris. You got it right. That is Neil Patrick <laughs> no, Harris. I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, this Hedwig, though he didn't do it in the end, was slated to appear in the Pete's Dragon remake.
0: Oh, that's Neil. Oh, sorry, no, that's um, that's uh, that's Michael. I remember That's that. That's right. That's Michael. Yeah. That's I remember Michael. that.
1: Good. Isn't that funny? All of these headwigs and their Disney overlap. <laughs> Lena, I've known you for 13 years and if I've learned anything in that time, it's that whenever I ask you to sing a show tune, you tell me you'd rather sing a rock song. <laughs> so here's a fun game for you. It's called Rock Stars Do Disney. Throughout the years, rock musicians have contributed their incredible talents to the Disney catalog, and in Rock Stars Do Disney, I'm going to ask you about some of these moments. Are you ready to rock and roll?
0: Oh, Christ, yes. (laughs) I'm so sorry.
1: Okay, number one, which classic rock group has their music featured in the rock and roller coaster attraction at Disney's Hollywood Studios, where one of their songs was rewritten to be Love in a Roller Coaster? Oh, Love in an Elevator. That's Aerosmith. That is right. That is Aerosmith. Not even hesitating. That's how good you are at this. Number two for rock stars do Disney. Peebo Bryson won two Grammy Awards for his covers of two classic Disney songs from the early 90s, the title song from Beauty and the Beast and which song from Aladdin?
0: A Whole New World?
1: It is A Whole New World. <laughs> She's two for two, everyone. <laughs> okay. Number three, Dick Dale, the king of the surf guitar, was brought into Disney Imagineering to provide riffs for which classic Disney roller coaster set in the dark. What? I know. That one's tricky.
0: That's in the dark. I have no idea what Disney thing is in the dark.
1: It's Space Mountain.
0: Yeah.
1: But what's so funny is in college I took this music class and they were teaching us surfer rock
0: Mm-hmm. And I was like,
1: wait a second, this is Space Mountain. So <laughs> I learned the other way around, but it was, it was great. Okay, number four. In 1988, Oliver and Company, a retelling of Oliver Twist set in New York City, was released and featured a great tune, Why Should I Worry, written by this pop musician whose work was also featured in the Broadway musical, Moving Out. Billy Joel. Yeah, Billy Joel. You said that so nonchalantly. <laughs>
0: Just
1: like, please. Okay. You're, you're really killing it. Here comes number five. <laughs> which 90s boy band, which featured two brothers, joined forces with Stevie Wonder to record the song True to Your Heart, which played during the credits of the animated Disney film Mulan? Two, what, two
0: brothers in a 90s boy band?
1: Yes. Do you I need wouldn't. a hint? I would know I this. A, yeah.
0: Cause it's not in sync. It's, it's not. N- it's not Backstreet Boys. Correct. And it's not.
1: You're totally in the right world.
0: I know. Uh, oh, oh, ninety eight degrees? It is no.
1: ninety eight degrees. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. Because nothing says Mulan like the group 98 Degrees. 98 Degrees, uh, baby.
0: There's nothing – yeah, nothing like a bunch so, of – are they Italian? I don't
1: <laughs> – I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, number six, and I watched this video this morning and it made me laugh so much. Which music legend sang one of his songs while dressed as Donald Duck while sitting at a piano in Central Park in 1980? eighty? Uh, this – The song was called Your Song. Elton John? Yes. Elton John dressed as Donald Duck in Central Park in 1980. The video was amazing. Please watch it. (laughs) Okay. We got a few more. This Grammy-nominated TV and Broadway star recorded Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas shortly after having a number one hit single in
0: 1992.
1: Uh, Vanessa Williams. It is Vanessa Williams. We love Vanessa Williams. Well done. Again, <laughs> you're very good at this pop rock world.
0: You I'm really terrible
1: are. at it. No, you're not. You drink so well. This is what. This is something I learned today. Danny Elfman is the singing voice of Jack Skellington in Disney's *Nightmare Before oh, Christmas*. Oh gosh, I can't believe time, that's
0: Disney. I forgot. It's so it good. Is. It's so good. <laughs>
1: Before his time as an animated Disney character, he was the frontman of which American New Wave Band.
0: Come on. They did Weird Science. Oingo Boingo.
1: There it is. <laughs> do you love Nightmare Before Christmas?
0: I do. Yeah. I love, I mean it's so good. I would sing along to that one like crazy. <laughs> okay.
1: This English musician, who was in the group Genesis, wrote music for not just one but two Disney animated movies in 1999, and then in 2003.
0: Wait, what? Say it again.
1: This English musician, who was in the group Genesis, wrote music oh. for not just one but two Disney animated movies.
0: Monsieur Phil Collins. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, because I know, because I know Peter Gabriel did. Did you say former?
1: He was in the group. You, you said it right. You got it right.
0: Well, Phil Collins initially. It's either Phil yeah. Collins or Peter Gabriel, but Peter Gabriel it's Phil did. Collins. Well, Peter Gabriel did the music for Wally. So, but I don't know. I only know of the one that Phil Collins did. What was the second movie that Phil Collins did? He did
1: Tarzan and Brother Bear. Oh, what? Okay. I know. The, there's a great song from it that was in a Disneyland parade when I worked there called Welcome to the Family or something like that. I love it. It's a bop. <laughs> Here's this one. Number 10 for Rockstars Do Disney, Frozen 2 is the highest grossing animated film of all time and features the singing voices of some incredible Broadway performers, but in Disney fashion, these songs are covered by other artists as the credits roll. Which singer, who also appeared in Kinky Boots, joined his band to do a cover of Into the Unknown?
0: Oh, um, ah, Brendan Urie.
1: It is, The Panic of the Disco. (laughs) Love that cover of it too. Okay, you did so well. Here's a quick bonus question because I love this version so much. Which two time Grammy Award winning star who once fronted the band Blackjack sang Go the Distance as the credits rolled in Hercules?
0: Uh, I don't even know. What? I bet it's Michael Bolton,
1: of all people.
0: Michael Bolton was in a band called Blackjack. See, there's now there's where my brain is going. What?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good.
0: Wait, what? Do what? you know what the music of Blackjack sounds like? No.
1: Are you kidding me? Have you met me? <laughs> is it like,
0: crazy? I don't know, but they look like a hair band, but not. You know, like I'm yeah. like looking them up on my computer. Like this guy, he's got like. The facial hair is really, I mean the facial hair is really, really what I'm talking about. Oh my god, look at Michael Bolton. Holy shit his hair. It's amazing. Yeah. You gotta look that you look the band up.
2: Now let's hear from some of you. Huh?
1: Lena, we put the call on social media. Here come some questions from your fans. Nadia asks, if you were to base an obsessed recording on a Disney character or film, what would it be?
0: Oh, uh, it would be An American Tale, of Goes West. That's not Disney. It would be
1: Cruella <laughs> de Vil.
0: Oh my God. I guess Cruella de Vil, yeah. We'll say that. Yeah, that. Jeff
1: asks, are you considering an album of Disney songs in the Lena Hall style?
0: Oh, I could. Yeah, totally. Yes
1: please. And finally, Leo wants to know what Disney princess would you want to be? None. I be. Yeah. None. I, I would actually none.
0: not want to be any of the Disney princesses. I want to be the horse from Tangled. <laughs> you know, Maximus. Maximus.
1: Lena, what's the first thing you want to do the next time you go to the Disney
0: parks? I want to prove to Pleasure Island that I'm over 21. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's awesome. That I support. Well, Lena, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast, for sharing your love of Maximus from Tangled, Splash Mountain, Kiss <laughs> the Girl, and Wally. I'm so thankful for your time. Uh, thank you so much.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. Well, we'll see you at the parks. there's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening?
2: Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work